square. I'm sort of the rock star. Hey, it's Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, the NBA Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at us at onthelinepod underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Send us any of your NBA questions, whether it's uh, about the league, whether it's about your fantasy team, whatever it is, to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Uh, hop into an old deep dive, a draft. All the old episodes are up there. And last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, that's a new one, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, we greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, welcome back. Hope you've enjoyed watching uh, basketball here the first couple of days of the NBA season. It's, uh, God, it's the freaking best to have basketball back in our lives. Uh, what's what's better than uh Opening up TNT, opening up that TNT app, opening up that uh, NBA League Pass app, and just watching some hoop on a, on a random night of the week. Um, on the show today, Ben and I are going to be patching together a couple different things. It's kind of a crazy uh, travel week for me. I am in all likelihood editing this podcast uh, on a on a cross country flight, so uh, we had to kind of. Uh, we had to kind of patch some stuff together here, but uh, first, Ben and I are going to be revisiting the uh, the subject of the dog beds. Of course, Ben and I watched the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast from the comfort of our own personal dog beds at Franklin Music Hall in Philadelphia just a few weeks ago. Um, we're going to revisit that, uh, that eventful evening uh, today on the pod with a very special guest. And then we're going to move on to a, uh, a draft, a draft that we've been uh, thinking about for some time. That's a that's a jersey number draft. This is a special one, folks. You're not going to want to miss it. So here he is, the one, the only, my co-host, Ben Croft. Ben, listeners of the podcast know we recently went to a live recording of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, where we watched from the comfort of our personal dog beds on stage at Franklin Music Hall. Uh-huh. And Ben, listeners may remember our story. A fan sitting next to us had the lucky bottle cap, the lucky golden ticket, and generously handed it to us, allowing us our own dog beds. Well, Ben... The bottle cap heard around the world, I call it. Ben, on the line... Live from Philadelphia is Ty <laughs> Daubert, that generous fan. Ty, are you no, there? Oh, can yes. you hear us, Ty? Yes, I can hear you. How are you doing? Wow, guys? wow. Hi. It's happening. Oh, my God. It is our, happening. Our, our knight in shining armor, Ty. Ty, <laughs> how are you, man? Thank you. Uh, I'm good. How are you guys? Thank you so much for making this possible. We're only just going to keep you here for five minutes. Uh, apology for all the uh, the uh, audio difficulties that we've had on on my end, but it's uh, yeah. In, in case it's unclear, Ty, we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. So, <laughs> um, uh, Ty, what do you what do you remember about that night in uh, in Philadelphia at Franklin Music Hall and the and that that night we saw the live Ricky Sanchez podcast? Yeah. So what I remember about going to the Ricky uh, live show was none of my in real life friends wanted to go with me. Wow. So, so, so I decided to just go by myself. I knew some people I knew on Twitter would be there. Uh, you know, my friend Dan sticks out Patrick too. Uh, those are guys I talked to before the show. And, uh, actually for 
for a while I had planned on sitting with, with Patrick, mm-hmm. uh, a guy that I know from Twitter. And then right before they went to sit down, I had to go to the bathroom. And when I came out, I couldn't find them. Yeah. So I just, so I just grabbed a seat. I grabbed oh, wow. a seat on the end. Yeah. I grabbed a seat on the, on the end of the aisle and I, uh, I just watched it by myself and I planned on, you know, meeting up with, with, uh, those guys afterwards. Incredible. And so what do you remember about the moment where we were instructed to look for the bottle cap? Um, did you, I, I remember like leaning over and saying to Ben, like, man, if we get that lucky bottle cap, we have to go up on the stage. That would just be incredible. And sure enough, you found it and you generously handed it to, to us. What do you remember about that moment? Yeah, so so Spike and Mike they announced that uh, that the bottle cap was underneath someone's chair, mm. and for like a little while, I was just waiting for someone else to to just <laughs> raise it up. Yeah, I didn't even bother looking. Yeah, that was my. And then, that was and, my then and then for a while, nothing happened. So I reached underneath my chair and I felt the piece of tape, and I was like, "All right, you got to be kidding me! This is <laughs> this is so dumb." So. I got it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not sitting with anybody, and you have to bring somebody up. Yeah. What do I do? So right. then I, I saw you and Ben. I didn't know your names at the time. Right. But I saw you guys together, and I leaned over to you, and I showed you the bottle cap with the tape, and my first interaction with you was a lie because I said I found it in the seat that was between us, which was a lie for me to seem less pathetic. Right, right, right. <laughs> to, to seem a little less uncool, if that makes sense. I lied to, I lied makes to you. makes total sense. That's what anyone would do in that situation. Bombshell, bombshell revelation from Ty right, right here. Yeah, yeah. So there was a seat in between us. So I lied and said it was in that one, even though it was under my own seat. And I handed it to you guys. The seat in between us, there wasn't. Was there an empty chair, or was the seat in between you and Chris me? Because I, I, no, there was a there was an empty seat in between Chris uh, and I, and that you were on the other side. That's right. Got it. Got it. Got it. And I, I, yeah, I just I don't know. I did. I wasn't sitting with anybody, and I knew that you would have to invite somebody else up. It makes and total I kind of sense. Panicked, and I gave it away. It makes total wow. sense because Ben and I said, like, man, if we were there. But well, Ben and I were like, we don't know anyone else that listens to the to the podcast. So I live in New York. Ben just moved to Philadelphia, and it's and so our you know community of like Sixers fans is like we don't know many Sixers fans, and we re- listen to the podcast religiously. So it's like if we weren't going with each other, we would be there on our own. So I totally yeah, understand exactly. what that would be yeah. like if you like, <laughs> yeah, that would just be like a but- living nightmare. But I have to ask you, Ty, if you had been sitting with your with your other buddies, you would have taken that bottle cap up, right? Probably I would have reluctantly did it. Yeah. yeah. I would have been like I would have been like, uh, oh, we have to do this and then my friends <laughs> would have been like, Go, let's go, let's go. So I would have done it. Yeah. Right. But it was mostly the fact that I was sitting by myself and I panicked, so I gave it away. Of course. <laughs> of course. My God. Totally my God. I remember being yeah, I remember being really confused because for some reason my like understanding in the moment was that there were two different bottle caps um dispersed in the crowd and the two different people would, would go would like like join up. So I didn't realize that like the one bottle cap meant you had to take a friend. So initially I was like sort of naturally reluctant anyway. But when, when Chris got his hands on the bottle cap, I just sort of assumed like it was like a one bottle cap, one person deal. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you should take it. Go up. It's all good. You'll enjoy this like more than I will. 
Yeah. And then I realized like, oh no, I he needs to pick someone else. So that's right. Yeah. That was really what held me back. The kind of, the kind of being by myself, not knowing like who needing I would a partner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And then of you know, it, it sounds like it, it worked out. I know that uh, it it couldn't I have worked out Spike. better. I mean, I I'm, I saw, I, I'm I saw naturally from Spike that, yeah. such a ham, and Ben, you know, was like my reluctant uh, cohort, and uh, <laughs> it just yeah, it couldn't have worked out better. But um. Yeah, man, what a night! What what a night! Uh, do you want to give us some thoughts on the Sixers? Uh, what do you, what are your expectations for uh, the upcoming year? You like the team that they put they put together? Yeah, I think that it'll be depending on how many games Embiid is able to play. It'll be a dogfight with yeah. the uh, with, with the Bucks for first place in the Eastern Conference, and I think that'll probably be the the matchup in the conference finals as well. So I think the the Sixers have a, as good a shot as going to the finals as anybody else. Sure. You like the uh, addition of Josh Josh Richardson and uh, Al Horford? Oh, yeah. You know, like the Ricky says, we've always appreciated Al Horford. <laughs> so, Gotta appreciate Al. Got it. So, yeah, I do like that. Uh, they kind of got rid of the Embiid stopper from the Celtics, and they lost Butler, which in some regards does kind of suck for them. But overall, I think the team is as good, if not better, and will be a little more cohesive not throwing it together mid-season yeah. this season. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the on-court loss of Butler is outweighed by the spiritual gain, uh, you know, just just the the sort of sense of of uh of kind of like pride and like goodwill that we now feel uh <laughs> uh about this team without exactly around. Um yeah, so um I for one love Josh Richardson. I have for a, a long time, so I am like so psyched for him, and I am really, really psyched for uh, this this young fellow, Matisse Thybul. Any thoughts on on him, Ty? Yeah, so I was at the the first preseason game against the the team from the Chinese league. Yeah, uh, the Long Lions. The long, you know, Ben Simmons hit the three pointer, so that was wow, so was kind of the main that. point. You were at yeah. the three pointer game, the famous three. I was, game. I was. But if Ben did not pull that, that would have been the Thybul game because he really showed out. He, his like his hands are getting is getting on the basketball all the time, whether it be in the passing lanes or blocking shots. So I've really liked what I've seen from Thibel so far. Yeah, man. I mean, what are we uh, what are we expecting from Ben Simmons this year? What's the over under on uh, total three pointers attempted? I think last year he attempted. I don't know. It was was it was it six? I think last year he t- attempted like yeah, six. Yeah, and or I seven I only think pointers. I only think two of them were actual like real shots, not just heaves at the buzzer. Oh really? I thought all of them. I thought all of them were heaves. I, I didn't realize he, he actually he took he took one against the Nuggets that he completely bricked off the backboard and it was terrible, and <laughs> one one against the Lakers because LeBron was literally playing him at the rim and Simmons just took it from the top of the key and it rimmed out. Hmm. Those are the only two I can remember, though. Are we <laughs> over under like fifteen to twenty three point attempts this year for Ben Simmons? Um, Last year he took six. Is he going to shoot more than twenty? Yeah, I think just over twenty. All right, great. Uh, Ty, do you have a dog? Do you like dogs? How do you feel about canines? So that that was kind of a point I was going to make earlier. Um, I, I saw that Spike told you guys to keep the dog beds is that right yeah indeed so it's honestly much better that uh you guys ended up with the dog beds because i am very allergic to dogs oh 
Uh, and I don't have is one. This, wow. don't is this karma one. or what? Yeah. What, it's like what destiny or something. Yeah, this Holy is God. this is really something. Okay, so you yeah. are you're allergic to dogs. I am. Uh, Ty, that makes me feel that makes me feel a lot better. It honestly. makes me feel much better. Uh, yeah. Ty, the, the the joint crisis is a serious issue for dogs, young and old. Um, as you know, Ty, arthritis and other joint conditions are among the most widely undiagnosed problems in larger dogs. Uh, they say up to 80% of big dogs experience joint pain and soreness as they age. So Ty, Ben and I on the line here, we want to thank you for your commitment to dog comfort, to your commitment to sleep, to, to making canines feel loved and comfortable. And um, thanks for hopping on the podcast here, man. I know it was a little work to make it happen, but uh, this was yeah, super anytime. fun chatting with you. It, it was it was fun. Anytime. Thank you. Th- thank you so much, Ty. You are, you are a true hero. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. To the, the the Ricky community, to our uh, much smaller uh, podcast community, That's and, right. uh, and and to dogs everywhere. We'd course. love to have Ty. We'd love to have you back maybe later in the season to uh, talk a little bit more Sixers, if that's cool. Yeah, sounds good. Just let me know. All right, man. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Oh yeah. Have a good one, guys. Quick break for a word from our sponsor, Helix Sleep. People. There's nobody on the planet like you, so why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, like a plush or firm bed with Helix Sleep, there's no more confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep was even awarded the number one best overall mattress in 2019 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash on the line, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix mattresses also have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but trust me, you will. Helix is now offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash on the line. That's helixsleep.com slash on the line for up to $200 off your next mattress order. Do it, Helix Sleep. Okay, back to the show. All right, before we get to the draft, uh, Ben called me the other day and uh, I was making dinner and um, he left me a voicemail. He was listening to a Orlando Magic game on his way back to his house. And unbeknownst to the two of us, Jonathan Isaac, one of our favorite players in all OTLer, uh, had a haircut. And I thought now I would quickly share Ben's voicemail with the show. Uh, enjoy it. Here's Ben on the Jonathan Isaac haircut. Ben, uh, I'm calling you from my car. I'm driving and listening to the Magic Game uh, on the radio, and I am aware of uh, Mark Elfold's performance so far, uh, and I am also aware uh, the, com- the radio commentators noted that Jonathan Isaac had a brand new haircut uh, that is so apparently drastically different that they did not recognize him and thought that they had traded for a new player. Uh, something about braids is what I heard. Uh, extremely curious about this. Obviously, I can't see because uh, I'm driving and listening to the game. Uh, but uh, but yeah, if you can give me a call back, you know, as soon as you can. Uh, this is a pretty urgent matter. I think you agree. Uh, would love to get a, a visual description of uh, of, of John and the new new do. 
And, uh, and yeah, once again, Mark Knuckles, uh, you know how I feel about that. All right, goodbye. On the line, my co-host from Philadelphia is Ben Craw. BC, the NBA season, Ben, is... We were in the thick of it here, Ben. Wow. Yeah, we are well underway. Oh, man. Crazy. What can we possibly say about the 2019-2020 NBA season? Mm -hmm. It has been a roller coaster of a start here, Ben. So much stuff has already happened, Chris. A lot of just upstart, young, fun teams. And then, of course, Ben, we have the old reliables, the vets. These veteran squads that just know how to get it done on a night yeah. Basis. Uh, it has been a, a, a really fun uh, season, so it's great to have basketball back. It's great to yep. be back on the line with you, Ben. I, for one, have really enjoyed uh, watching uh, some of these teams, you know, put put the pieces together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, work work things out. And um, how about this incredible rookie class, Ben? I mean, oh, some, love of the the young, rookies. Some, some of the young talent we've seen from this rookie class has been incredible. And then we can't, of course, forget about the sophomores, Ben. The sophomores, yeah. have they shown growth or what? It's just been... Uh, it's been very exciting to watch. Eye-opening stuff from both sophomore and rookie classes this season. And let's not uh, let's not forget these coaches as well, Ben. The coaches have been absolutely spectacular with their schemes, with their plays that they draw up. It's really mm-hmm. innovative. Yep, and, a lot of new uh, a lot of new systems in place right. this this year, which has been fascinating and intriguing to watch. Yeah, yeah. we will be uh, keeping an eye as it all uh, shakes out over the course of the year. But Ben, today on the line, we are going to be doing a draft. We are going <laughs> right. to be doing the old reliable Ben. That is what a better draft. way to kick off our coverage of the uh, of the new <laughs> season uh, than to yes. do a completely uh, non uh, time time oh, sensitive or topical draft. Boy, um, oh boy, does that get me fired up? We are going yeah, to be baby. drafting Ben something very special today, and that is numbers. 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 What, what kind of numbers, Chris? Just numbers? any numbers at all? No, not just any old number. We are drafting numbers worn on basketball jersey, um, basketball jerseys. We are we are drafting basketball jersey numbers. Wow, a very exciting topic, Ben. Extremely um, exciting. Can't wait to get into it. I've so, got a lot of numbers yep. swirling around in my head. <laughs> me too. I mean, let me start by saying this, Ben. My, I don't know how how you went about approaching this this draft prep but my process mm-hmm. almost entirely went like this when i close my eyes ben and i mm. think about basketball greatness mm-hmm. what are the numbers i see running up and down the court mm. and to be clear this isn't simply about like who are the greatest nba players and what were the numbers they wore this is not right. that no this is much more personal this is when of course I, when i close my eyes and i see the basketball of my dreams when i see the love of my life on the hardwood what are the numbers on the jerseys and what did the, those jerseys signify what did the numbers signify what did they mean to me so a a number has a sort of inherent value just a, a mathematical value mm-hmm. um but i find uh in, in my experience as a fan uh, numbers have uh, basketball jersey numbers have their own kind of value that is uh, separate and distinct from their mathematical value. Um, Interesting. Okay. Uh, which is to say, you know, the number one hundred, or I guess ninety nine, would be the highest number that you can wear uh, as a basketball player. 
um, isn't necessarily, you know, the highest number in my heart. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. It makes yeah. absolute sense. All right, Ben, let's let's hop into it. Um, I had the it. first overall selection in our natural balds draft. Wow. Did so you? that means you will be selecting our first uh, jersey number. Incredible. It's always a shock and a, and a surprise I know. I know. and... Kind of, kind of, uh, almost a little nerve wracking when I realize I'm I had the first the pick. Fence. Yeah, I'm always on the fence about telling you. Yeah, you can, if you if you picking. if you lied to me and told me every single draft that we do that I that you had the first pick, I don't think I would notice for like sure. maybe ever. I don't sure. know. Um, sure. So I appreciate your 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 uh, transparency sure. um, and your honesty with me. Um, all right, wow. So first pick. You're in our numbers draft. Yep. Here we go. Number one overall. Wow. So my process, Chris, went a little bit like this. I kind of had the standout numbers yep. in my in my head, um, and um, and and a, a numbers value um, was obviously sort of tied to which players wore that number. Sure. Um, and some players had a positive impact. Some players had a negative impact, and some players basically uh, were zeros, had neither a positive nor negative. Um, so uh, that was like sort of a calculation I did with, wow. with all of my picks here. Wow. Um, okay. So when I tell you my first uh, jersey number, it's a, it's a number that's, that's been worn by a lot of players. Uh, in fact, I did a bit of research um, to, to find out um, just exactly how many players uh, have worn each number in NBA history, um, which you can find on, uh, on Basketball Reference. Um, and uh, so this is a, a pretty popular number. Um, it's, uh, it's been worn by 231 players uh, throughout the course of NBA history. Um, but, but the reason I picked it is, is really because of one player, and I'm pretty sure you're going to know who it is when I tell you. Oh uh, my first pick, number one overall, is the number 33. Wow. Oh, boy. Of yep. course. So Patrick Ewing, yep. Patrick Ewing yep. uh, we've talked about him before, Chris, uh, in these drafts. I have a feeling uh, we'll talk about him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, is, he is simply synonymous with my childhood love for basketball. Yep. He is, he is, the, he is the, the guy that, that made me fall in love with the sport. Of course. Um, and, uh, and he was number 33. Um, of course, uh, retired by the New York Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and... Even though there have been so many other, uh, some very famous 33s in the NBA, I almost like those those players fade into the background for me, really. Yeah. Um, when it's I think almost, of 33, I yeah. see orange and blue, and I yep. see Patrick Ewing wearing that number. That's the first yeah. thing that pops into my head. Yep. Every time I've ever encountered that number, uh, you know, at any, at any time, um, you know, after I, I discovered Patrick Ewing, uh, he was the thing that I immediately thought of. Um and um and yeah that's why it's it's number 1. It's an obvious pick. I, you know, I'm sure plenty of other it. people would have would have picked it for uh for lots of other players. Uh you know, your Larry Bird, your yeah. uh, your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, sure. Scottie Pippen. Um but but because of Ewing, um he really uh, he really carried it for me. Um You know who else at, wore 33, Ben? Uh there I do know a few other names, um but if you if you'd like to uh to tell me any that, that stand out to you, Chris. I guess one Uwe Blob. Uwe Blob! <laughs> That's right. 
That's right. Uve Blob obviously was the second uh, sure. number 33 on my list. Um, the fact that he was a 33, that's just icing on the cake, really. Um, you know, just, just confirmation that I, that I was... I love the number uh, as is, but then when you realize Uve Blob... I mean, Blob when you got an Uve Blob, a few other names I'll throw at you, Chris. Um, uh, famous uh, OTL tree, Keith Kloss oh, was wow. a 33. Yeah. Uh, Dare was a wow. 33. Uh, the great mulleted Dwayne Shinsus um, was a thirty-three. Um, some uh, uh, some some old old timers like David Thompson, um, who really I, I I feel like we need to t- at some point talk more about yep. David Thompson. Uh, that guy uh, was awesome. He was a thirty-three as a little guy, which is rare. Thirty-three is definitely more of a, a big man's number. Um, uh, some some other guys like uh, like OTL famous OTL enforcer Antonio Davis, uh, one half of the Davis brothers enforcement crew, um, was a thirty three on the Indiana Pacers. Um, so clearly there there have been a lot of, of great thirty threes. Um, obviously Scottie Pippen is a is a negative uh, uh, on the on the thirty three um, you know sort of calculation yeah. board. Um, but you know what, like he, he's such a, uh, you know, a, a grain of sand, uh, compared to greats like Ewing and, and, and Uwe Blob. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that 33 is, is the right pick here. A couple things here, Ben. I mean, first of all, it, it, it's funny. It's like, I, I kind of had to jog my memory to even remember that Scotty Pippen and Larry Bird wore the number 33 because right? 33 to me is so clearly Patrick Ewing's number. Yeah. It, it is kind of like they borrowed 33 from Ewing, but yeah. in green, or they asked Ewing, could I borrow it, but wear it for the Bulls in red. But um, what what I love about 33 is the twin number aspect. You know, mm. the two threes, there's mm-hmm. something very formidable about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very thick. It's a very thick number. Very thick, very st- like standing tall. Uh, you know, the, the the twin tower threes, you know, the two big threes standing next to each other reminds me of Ewing stretching both arms up in the air to block a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a very imposing, imposing number. Yeah. Uh, I love 33. Uh, it's a great pick. It's, yeah. You know, it's uh, a no brainer at number one overall. And one last bit of trivia that I love about 33, Chris. Um, were you aware that uh, Shaquille O'Neal, when he entered the NBA, uh, wanted the number 33? Um, it was the number that he wore in college at LSU. And in fact, he wore 33 for none other than Patrick Ewing. I um, did who, think I knew, I knew that. It was an idol of his. But when he, he got to he was he, when he got to Orlando, he was blocked because Shaquille O'Neal, number one overall draft pick, you know, one of like immediate super duper star of basketball, could not wear the number that he desired because of Terry Catledge. Wow. <laughs> Terry fucking Catledge was the guy who was That's number so 33 good. on the Orlando Magic in 1992. So and apparently good. at one point there was like some dispute that like Catledge originally said he could have it. Um, but then later he asked uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, for $50,000 to sell him the number 33. Um, and, and Shaq is quoted in, a, uh, in an SI article from 2007 saying... Terry Catledge wanted to sell it for $50,000. I was not paying that. So I went with 32. Um, and then, uh, and then of course with the, uh, with the Lakers, uh, he couldn't have 32 or 33 because of magic and Kareem. So he went with 34. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until he got back to, uh, to the Miami heat, I believe later in his career, um, that he, um, that he wore 33. 
Uh, is that right? Yeah, he wore. Uh, I, th- I think so, right? Um, yeah. So, anyway, I, I love that that Terry Catledge is a name that uh, that will be re- uh, remembered, but in history as the guy who who prevented Shaquille O'Neal from being thirty three in the he NBA. He actually wore thirty two at the Heat. Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh, maybe yep. he was thirty three on like the Celtics or something. I don't that know. Some right. that's like right. uh, yeah, much toward, later on. Towards the end, he finally found. Oh no! Well, that wouldn't make sense because that was uh, that was Bird. I don't know. He. I thought. I think maybe he wore it somewhere else, but maybe not. Maybe, uh, um, maybe with the Suns or the, or the Cavs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was the. I think it was the Cavs. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, I am on the clock here, Ben. Uh, we will continue in round one with the second overall selection. Team CW is on the clock. This will be the first jersey number selected by Team CW. Uh, and with my uh, first overall selection in round one, second overall pick, the Team CW is very proud to select number three. Three. Uh, number three. Number three. Iconic. So let me... But I'm, uh, I'm very curious to hear who is your, mm-hmm. your you know, ideal number three. So let me, let me say, I, I kind of went about each one of these numbers with an approach of who, who is my standard bearer and then who are my notable mentions? Kind of like mm. who, who, who's the bench filling mm-hmm. out the roster behind that sure. standard bearer? Much like with our, our foreign countries draft. Yeah. Exactly. So my notable mentions, the guys kind of filling out the field. I have... Yeah, your role players. Bradley Beal. I have oh. Chauncey Billups. Mm-hmm. We have Stefan Marbury, CJ McCollum, Allen Iverson, Chris wow. Paul. Iverson is a, is, a, is, a, is a role player on this, on this Paul, squad. Chris Paul, Cliff Robinson, we have mm. we have Damon Stoudemire, Dwayne Wade, Ben Wallace, Gerald Wallace, Haywood Workman, Dennis Scott, but my standard bearer at number for number three, Ben, can only be one guy, and that is John Starks. Of course. So number three for me is one of the most classic, important numbers across all sports jerseys, Ben. Yeah. Uh, when we think about number three, you know, Babe Ruth immediately comes to mind, arguably one of the most accomplished athletes in the 20th century. I think, Ben, number three is just something I associate with, like, point guard royalty. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a number that you just feel lucky to receive, and it isn't something that you just blindly get to choose. Number three had to be given to you. And it mm-hmm. was reserved, you know, it was reserved for only special, like, cornerstone players like Allen Iverson, like Chris Paul. And yes, Ben, they reserved it for their mentor, John Starks. That's right, of course. So, I mean, being a number three meant that you were in charge. You were the mm-hmm. spiritual, you were like the spiritual captain, you were the default leadership of, of, of the team. And it's a little bit like like the number ten in soccer. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I feel like that's accurate. That's correct. Yeah. It's, uh it's just like by default, like it, it implies leadership. It signals to your teammates that you kind of run the show. You know, it's yeah. my way or the highway. I wear number three, and um, yeah, I mean we we've just had so many great number threes. You have a lot of point guards wearing number three. A lot of floor floor generals wearing number three. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I love Starks. You know the way he played his story. Coming up, you know, into the league, he was bagging groceries, famously bagging groceries, and then got a tryout with the Knicks. I mean, it's just like John Starks to me is the rag to riches story. 
and um, I'm very proud to select number three with my uh, with the second overall selection here in the first round, uh, my first jersey number, number three. Yeah, fantastic pick. Um, a couple of names I'm not sure. Did you mention the uh, the late great Drazen Petrovic? Oh wow, I forgot. That's no- Drazen. Yeah, yep. Also right. a number three with the with the Nets. I believe he had yep. a different jersey with the Blazers. Um, but uh, but but you know his his kind of. Um, most memorable, um, you know, years before his passing with the Nets, he was number three. And another three mm. who also, uh, I think he changed to a number one uh, a little bit later in his career. But when he first, his first few years in the league with the Denver Nuggets, uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was oh, a three. Right. Um, who uh, I was a huge, huge fan of. Personal favorite of Um, of yours, I know, yeah. Yeah, Um, so great pick, fantastic stuff. Um, Yeah, number three. Um, All right, well, it makes a lot of of sense, Uh, (laughs) so our our first two picks. We're on to the second round here. Uh, This will be the third overall selection for Team uh, BC. This will be your second jersey, your second jersey number. Uh, So whenever you're ready, Team BC, you're on the clock. So you're not gonna you're not gonna believe this, Chris. Um, but it turns out that my uh, my second pick, uh, third overall here in our mm-hmm. in our numbers draft, um, is also heavily influenced <laughs> by my <laughs> by my childhood favorite team. Um, and this was the number one. I mean, it's impossible to say, uh, you know, to to rank um, basically behind Ewing as as our number one love. Um, you know, there there were a few guys that um, I couldn't even really rank. Uh, you know, they were basically all tied for number two in, yeah. in my heart. Um, but but right there, neck and neck with number three for yeah. me is number fourteen. Yeah. Uh, of course, worn by the late great Anthony Mason. Yep. Um, I mean, uh, again, like if if he was the only guy that wore number fourteen. Um, uh, in, in NBA history, it would probably be second or third sure. pick in my in my draft. Sure. Um, but in fact, uh, 14 uh, has been worn by uh, quite a few players, 319 wow. to be exact. Um, I think number three is actually, let's see, hang on, I have a little list here. Uh, number three is, has been worn by 321. Um, that's the, uh, the sixth most uh, popular jersey uh, number in history. Um but yeah, fourteen um, has been has been worn by a lot. Um, but but really, it's it's Anthony Mason, and then this is kind of a, an obscure deep cut. Um, but uh, I'm sure I've mentioned him at some point in in, in a previous draft. But um, one of my all time uh, favorite players as a kid growing up was number fourteen on the Denver Nuggets, Robert Pack. Um, That's right. The little guy uh, with the with the massive game and the massive flat top, uh, Robert Pack. Um, God, I loved him so much, and so I was just like, like Robert Pack and Anthony Mason were like the the ultimate like not superstar NBA players, but as like a really devoted NBA fan, I felt like really cool and sort of um, I don't know, like like insidery and like kind of like hip before like being like a hip hipster fan whatever was like a thing um but i was just like no actually like robert pack and anthony mason are like cooler than you know whatever like fucking grant hill or you know carl malone or these other like major stars i was always uh um you know pulling harder for like these uh these kind of more um offbeat guys um yeah love so 14 is awesome it's also been worn um by uh by some other sort of like like it's a weird number because it's been worn by a lot of people but no like huge stars like bob Cousy was probably the most famous 14 um 
uh, that's, that's really ever worn it. Um, and of course I don't really give a fuck about Bob Cousy. Um, but, uh, but some other great 14s, uh, uh, modern day 14, Gary Harris, another, uh, Denver nugget. Um, love him, love his game. Um, the, uh, the uh, late uh, the the Sixers uh, guard uh, on some of those late, late seventies uh, Sixers teams with Dr. J Henry Bibby, um, father of course of Mike Bibby was a oh, fourteen wow. okay. on the Sixers. Um, let's see, Sam Perkins was a fourteen for a large portion of his career. Um, there was. Uh, there was like one season just for a few games in uh, in 1978 where uh, Slick Watts, who was a player um, um, probably more associated with the Seattle Supersonics franchise, he's the guy that had the the uh, askew headband um, right. from the 70s. Who we definitely need to like do a deeper dive on at some point because this guy seems like a real uh, character. Um, but he wore 14 for a brief stint on the New Orleans Jazz in 1978. Um, and then, uh, there were a couple of negative 14s. Uh, I mentioned Koozie, Jeff Hornacek, also, uh, mm. a negative, um, uh, the biggest, the biggest, uh, mark against the number 14, uh, was that it was the number worn by Chris Dudley when he got absolutely obliterated to smithereens by Shaquille O'Neal, um, God. when he dunked on him back in, uh, back in that game in 1999. I can't someone else wear I, the number i know it's really it's one of the most shameful chapters in in you know uh, new york nick's history and ben, if my memory is correct weren't they wearing the black bar what weren't those the Knicks yep. jerseys so this is, it's like this is black bar this yeah it's what you deserve like you didn't immediately retire the number 14 yes and, and then you chose to put a black bar on the Knicks I, jerseys i 100 I 100% believe it's that like Shaquille karmic, O'Neal karmic was a, a vehicle in that moment for karmic justice. Yeah. Um, the Knicks were being punished for giving away the 14 to Dudley and for wearing the black bars. Um, and uh, and honestly, that might have been the moment, March 28th of 1999 to be exact. Um, of your when, she, when Shaquille O'Neal, uh, it might have been the moment I didn't like stop watching because obviously that was yeah. still you know that was the season that they still went on to the NBA Finals um, as the eighth seed. So I was still invested. But it was kind of the moment when I realized, like, all right, this is this is over. Like, this is never going to be the way it was what before. It was. Yeah. And it was definitely the beginning of the end, um, or it was the beginning of, of my long blackout period. For um, anyone in the audience that doesn't know, um, you can find in previous episodes, Ben has talked about his dark period where he went, he went dark as an NBA fan um and sort of you know just kind of went off the grid for a little bit and we yeah and and he's back now it's great to have him back <laughs> in the modern nba <laughs> thank you um, thank but you there yeah, was a period that. in the you know <laughs> that feels like a separate otl episode it might be honestly i, I actually would really love to hammer out some really this, really dig dig deep into that yeah, yeah I'll, actually, lie, I'll lie on a couch uh for, for that a, one i want a wikipedia entrance on <laughs> your on your on your dark ages <laughs> yeah um, that would be like one of the like one of the links you can jump to in my entry <laughs> exactly the, the dark phase yeah i think it was around 2003 probably 2003 2004 and then we welcomed you back 
in, I would say, you know, was it around like 2010, 11, 12, something mm, like that? Honestly, closer to like 14, 15, 16. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you know, it's been, anyway, we can talk about it on the yeah. other episode. We don't we'll need to get sidetracked that. here. We'll save that for the deep dive. Yeah, yeah. But a lot to unpack with that. Um, yeah. So anyway, yes, that is my second pick. Wow. Number 14. Love it. Anthony Mason, rest in peace. Robert Pack, <laughs> not dead, but retired also, also, yeah. you know, re- well, retired if, in um, peace. If people haven't stopped listening to this podcast yet, they mm. will now because Ben, with my, <laughs> with my, uh, with my, with a fourth <laughs> overall selection here in round two, my second <laughs> overall jersey number, Team CW is more than elated to select number thirty-four. <laughs> Again, so yep. I'll start with the notable mention. We've got starting center, starting shooting guard, <laughs> starting small forward, and now the starting power forward we'll for the 1994 the no- the notable New York mentions, Knicks. The notable mentions for number 34, of course, are <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, Ray Allen, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Vin Baker, the Davis brothers, after they departed Indiana, they, they wore the number 34. But really, mm-hmm. for me, Ben, my standard bearer, my quintessential yeah. number thirty-four. Of There's course, only one. Is Charles Oakley? Yeah. Um, ben, thirty-four to me is a classic. Like I'm going to be a Hall of Famer kind of number. If you yeah. if, if you wear the number thirty-four, if you're lucky enough to be given the number thirty-four, you select that number. You're given that number because you have plans on having it retired at your home arena. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, man. I associate certain numbers. You know with certain positions, like certain styles of play. And like like in football, I always kind of associate numbers in the 80s, you know, with like wide receiver greats like Michael Irvin or Jerry Rice. And I'll sure. always associate, you know, the, the, the uh, I'll, I'll always associate like, um, you know, threes and the single digit numbers with point guards and basketball. But when I think about the number 34 and the, and the, and the great 30s, in my estimation, those guys, Ben, are, are like the bangers, the bruisers in basketball, oh, yeah. right? Yep. And they play. They played inside in the paint. They rebounded Let's the ball. Let's get dirty down in the paint, under Absolutely. the hoop, throwing elbows. Traditional centers, traditional power forwards. And Charles yeah. Oakley, to me, Ben, is the epitome of that. He was someone yeah. that was looking to do all the dirty work. He was bringing oh, yeah. the hustle. He was bringing the, tr- the muscle. The, the trench warfare. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oakley was, um, you know, he was less the scorer of guys, obviously like Shaq, Hakeem, Barkley, Giannis. But those, you know, but like those guys, Oakley was an alpha dog. And I think like when you wore the number 34, um, uh, li- like some of the other numbers that we've talked about, it was like your way of like flagging to your teammates, signaling to your teammates, like, Hey man, like you don't mess with me. Like I wear 34, I wear 34 on this team. Mm-hmm. And it was about planting a flag when you wore 34. And that's what Charles Oakley did. Um, you know, and then also just like, you know, thinking about the number aesthetically, you know, there's like a beautiful symmetry. There's a very, something very pleasing to look at about the number 34. You know, it easily kind of... It, uh, it's not exactly symmetrical, though. I no, got to correct you there, Chris. No, 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 no not, <laughs> not symmetrical. I just mean like you have the the three on the left side and the four on the right side. There's something like... Shh. I don't know. They they they, they complement each other. Yeah, they complement each other. They look beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. next to each other. That's that's it's what true. I mean. yeah. Um, you know, saying thirty four just easily trips off the tongue. I think you know thirty four. We, we associate it with greatness. It looks great. We associate it with championships, with winning. It's a very formidable number uh, to see across a jersey, to see across a chest, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, Charles Oakley was the epitome of, uh, of the number 34. Shaq was lucky to wear it. Hakeem was lucky to wear it. Uh, Giannis, of course, wears it now in tribute to, to Charles Oakley. But um, there is only one original great 34, and that is our guy, Charles Oakley, the oak tree. That's right. Charles was, I believe, the very first to wear the 34 yeah. uh, in NBA history. And, and every player that has worn yeah. it since uh, has been uh, wearing it out of respect very, and yeah, tribute to him. Cool, very cool of Giannis to wear 34 as a tribute to Oakley. Um, yep. if, you know, it's just you love to see that sort of reverence for the, the, the greats, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's Oakley's number. Uh, he he kind of put it on the map. Uh, and then, you know, we have modern day 34s, guys like uh, Wendell Carter, I know, wears 34 again, mm. paying paying tribute to, to Oakley. Um, guys like, who else? I know Eddie Curry wore 34 for the Knicks. Again, um, paying what he considered paying tribute to Oakley. Uh, didn't didn't work out so well for, for Eddie Curry playing with the Knicks. Sure. But, um, yeah, guys like Mike Dunleavy, of course, wore 34. Reggie Evans mm. wore 34. Jeff Green, a modern-day 34, paying tribute to, to Oakley. Devin Harris, Tobias Harris, of course, pays tribute to Oakley by wearing mm-hmm. 34. So, um, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of children of Charles, as I like to call them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, number 34, that is my second round selection here. That's the fourth overall pick in the uh, in the numbers draft. Ben, you're up. We're headed into round three. Wow, coming around the bend here. So All right. this will be the fifth overall pick. We're in round three. This will be your third uh, jersey or number that you select here. All right. Um, great, great pick with 34 there. Um, uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I, unfortunately, there's not too many other yeah, uh, members of the New York Knicks, yeah. <laughs> uh, except for one. Um, although, to be to be honest with you, this is uh, this is not uh, the reason I uh, the full reason I'm, I'm choosing this this number. Um, but I'm going to go with another number. We mentioned how cool it is to have the the double um, uh, you know sort of. Um, uh, imagery of 33 yeah. and um my second favorite uh double number would have to go to uh my uh my third pick uh fifth overall here is number 44 wow. um which is awesome. just uh, a very cool number um uh i associate it uh fully and um and entirely with george gervin um who is of course the coolest uh basketball player ever uh the ice man um uh, and it's just like I don't know. It's just it just always looked very cool to me. Like pretty much just because of Gervin. Um, there have been a, a few other notable forty fours though. Um, uh, pretty much second on the uh, on the cool list is Pete Maravich, um, who also wore number seven. But uh, but forty four was his number uh, when he first entered the league um, with the Atlanta Hawks. He wore it for a few years, um, so I associate him really closely with forty four. Um, the uh, the great uh, uh, ABA player and later head coach Dan Issel, um, he was a, a forty four uh, for uh, for the bulk of his career. Um, one of my favorite forty fours of all time was uh, Michael Cage, uh, another OTL favorite. Wow, that's um, right, Michael Cage draft, drafted in our hair draft. Of course, uh, if you want to go back and listen to that one, uh, Cage was a forty four, which which really really suited him. Um, uh, and then, of course, uh, New York Knicks legend Hubert Davis, um, probably one of the first uh, sort of three-point marksmen, um, 
where really he was a a, a, a unitasker to just come off the bench and bomb threes. Um, Hubert Davis was not great, but he was uh, on the 93-94 Knicks. Love Hubert um, Davis, man. Yeah, uh, right? Oh, 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 Hubert Davis was the player on the Knicks that... He was kind of like the backup quarterback. I, you know who? Oh, totally. You know who I think of when I think of Hubert Davis is Dave Brown, the the yep. quarterback <laughs> the Giants had. And it was like you always heard about Dave Brown. It was this guy waiting in the wings, where it was like, oh, Dave Brown's going to be really good. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. Once he takes over for Phil Sims or Hostetler or whoever it was, like they're going yeah. to be really good. He's the bright future. And you know, Dave Brown was fine. He was a good quarterback. Wasn't a great quarterback. And I always felt like Hubert Davis, there was like a similar kind of thing where it's like, oh, we got this guy in the wings. Just wait till you see him. And, mm-hmm. you know, Hubert Davis had a, a fine career, a good career with the Knicks. But like, I, I always wanted him to be like this breakout stud. But yeah. Oh, yeah. He was never more than more than what he was. Yeah. Um, but um, but, you know, we, we loved him. We love him. Um, yeah. Some other uh, uh, obviously uh, Jerry West was was 44 on the Lakers, uh, you know, probably. Uh, some would argue, you know, the most famous sort of iconic 44 since he is the logo uh, of the league after all. But, um, you know, I don't really care that much about him. Um, the thing I like about 44 is that there's really very few negative 44s. Um, the only the only real bad 44 I could find in my research was uh, Danny Ainge on the Celtics. Um, and of course, yeah, uh, that's you know, a huge Dan- negative. Danny Ainge kind of sucks. Um I would say that uh, that Sean Bradley, forty four, on the uh, Dallas Mavericks is pretty much a zero. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a, maybe a slight positive. So um, yeah. Also, uh, Derek Coleman was a forty four uh, throughout his whole career, um, and uh, and another uh, uh, New Jersey Nets legend, Keith Van Horn. Um, mm-hmm. His uh, uh, his early uh, best years with the Nets, he was a, a forty four. So. Of course. Of yeah, course. some some pretty solid forty fours, if you ask me. Okay. Wow. Wow, number 44. I love it. All right, Ben, uh, I'm on the clock here. I am on the clock here. This is the sixth overall pick. We are in round three. This will be my third jersey. Uh, For my third overall jersey number, Ben, I will be selecting the number two. Two. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Ben, with with my with my other numbers, there was always kind of like I outlined. There was there was always kind of like a notable mention bench, and then like kind of a uh, signature guy. Mm-hmm. This one is less about like any sort of singular personal memory of a favorite player or or, or a team, and more about like that incredibly deep bench at number mm. for, for the number two. So some of the okay. great number twos. Uh, Patrick Beverly during his Rockets years wore the number two. Mm. I think of Khalid Alamine with the 2001 Bulls. Oh yeah, I think UConn, of, UConn legend Khalid Alamine. Right. I think love him. Raymond Felton with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Another have, fat point guard. Yep. We have Langston Galloway during his Knicks years. <laughs> we have <laughs> B.J. Armstrong. Legend. Yep. Mm. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Joe. Oh, now we're talking. Yep, Joe mm. Ingles, Jason Kidd, John Wall. Of course, we have Kawhi Leonard. But Ben, there's something about this number, as you pointed out, that seems reserved for a certain type of scrappy point guard, often a very chubby, scrappy point guard. Mm. And that's exciting to me, Ben. There's something mm-hmm. like very kind of intoxicating about a little stocky man 
running up and down the court <laughs> wearing the number two. Yeah. And um, his fat little legs carrying him so much, legs, so much faster than you would ever expect. Slapping the hardwood. I want to see him go full court, <laughs> full court press, grinding out like four points a night, four assists with no turnovers. That to me is the sort of guy I want on my team. Mm. And now, of course, Ben, there are some other famous number twos. Larry Johnson wore. Yeah, I was gonna two. say that was the when I think of two, yep. the the thing that I immediately pop into my head is uh, is is the uh, grandma my LJ. Once upon a time, Larry Johnson <clears throat> wore number two with the Charlotte Hornets and the Knicks, mm-hmm. as well as someone you know who is something of a personal blind spot for me, something of a NBA man crush, someone you just mentioned, and that's the ghoulish one, Ben, the ghostly. Keith Van Horn wore mm-hmm. number two. My, That's right. Oh my. The ghoulish, yeah. the ghostly Keith Van Horn wore number two. A very, a very Van Hornish number. Somehow both 44 <laughs> and two seem, seem right sense. for Van Horn. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm not exactly sure how that works, but yep, it does. Yep, yep. With those high socks, with the <clears throat> with that with that pale skin, with that razor thin mm. goatee, just, almost tra- translucent. Translucent. Um, yeah. Yeah. So number two, very proud to select here uh, in the third round for Team CW, the sixth overall pick. Ben, you're back on the clock. We're heading into round four. This will be um, pick number seven overall for you. Uh, real, real quick for you, Chris. Um, two more uh, awesome number twos for you. Moses Malone, mm, uh, of course. when he was on the uh, the Sixers in the '80s, wore number two. An and um, for his uh, only 20 NBA games, God Sham God was a, was a number two wow. as well. Yeah, Is that right. Yeah, yeah. I found wow. that one in my research. Yeah, pretty smokes. Pretty excited about that. Yeah. So great pick. Great Thank pick. You. Number two. All right. We're in the fourth round now, Ben. That means you're only going to have two more picks. So wow. Okay. You got to make them count. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, fourth round. Now, this is where, uh, this is often where things get a little loopy for me. Yep. Um, but instead of, of going wildly off the map, um, I'm actually really, really excited um, that this number is still sitting here for me. Felt to you. What was it? It's um it's maybe the the biggest bang for your buck number in NBA history. And let me tell you what I mean by that, Chris. Um as I've mentioned, a lot of these numbers that that we're drafting have been worn by, you know, countless players. Uh number 2 was worn by 203 players in NBA history. Um by the way, for anyone who's curious about, well, we can maybe do like some some honorable mention mm. things uh later on. Um but uh but anyway, no. Instead, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go ahead with my my fourth pick here, uh, and uh, and what I mean by biggest bang for your buck. Um, this was a number. I can't believe that, it. I can't. Yeah. Th- this is a number that was that's only been worn by 29 29 players in NBA history, but those players include people like Daryl Dawkins. Wow. Mark Eaton. Mm-hmm. Artis Gilmore, I'm talking, of course, about the number 53, which is just one of the most, like, awesomely powerful, uh, like, just sort of, uh, uh, just sort of staggering, uh, like, intimidating, um, just massive numbers. Um, It might be, like, the biggest number I can think of, um, 53. Um, And the thing that I really love about 53 is that um, not only have 
so few players warn it, um, but but some real you know legendary names. But the guys who were uh, who who did don that number um, stuck with it. So a lot of these guys, yeah. you know, that we, that we've mentioned, um, you know, were closely associated with their numbers. But you know, maybe they switch teams and they change numbers. Right. You know, maybe maybe they they're, you know, like they're waiting they're, for an opportunity for their real number to open up. Right, yeah. right. Or their you know their prime years they had their their best number, but then you know they uh, they they change for some reason or whatever. There's there's really like not that many guys in NBA history. Um, that were actively that, seeking out 53. Yeah, that were seeking it out and, and decided to, or, or really any number, stuck with it from the very beginning to the very end of their career. But 53 is one of those numbers. So Daryl Dawkins uh, wore 53 for his entire career, um, except for the final 20 games uh, of his career, very late. Uh, he, he played like 20 random games for like a couple uh, different teams at like the last two seasons of his career. I don't really count that. So he was basically a 53 all the way through. Um, Mark Eaton, uh, of course, our number one tree in, in the tree drafts. He was a 53 on one team, one jersey, his entire career, of course, with the Utah Jazz. Um, Artis Gilmore, another uh, uh, tree, um, legendary OTL tree. He was a wire-to-wire 53, start to finish of his career. And he wore it with like a few different teams, of course, through the ABA and the NBA. Um, uh, another uh, great 53 is, uh, is James Edwards. Um, who I would argue has one of the uh, top five mustaches in NBA history. Um, I don't know if you remember that guy. James Edwards. Yeah, he was on like the Detroit Pistons, um, uh, on some of those uh, those championship piston teams in the uh, late 80s. Oh, of course, um, this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look at that mustache. Yeah, he was... He was a, he was a forty two and a forty for like his first I don't know like two seasons in the league, um, but uh, but then quickly switched to fifty three and wore that from nineteen eighty three all the way until his retirement in ninety six. So he was a fifty three for like fourteen straight seasons. Um, uh, Cliff Levingston, uh, who you might remember from those early nineties uh, championship Bulls teams, um, he was also another wire to wire fifty three. Um, Alton Lister, uh, who of course is famous for being, uh, possibly the, the greatest, uh, NBA dunk victim of all time. Um, you know, he was the guy that, uh, that, that Sean Kemp, um, uh, oh, that's right. you of know, course. jammed yep. on yep. Yep. Alton Lister with the Golden State Warriors. Another wire to wire 53. This is a guy that had a long NBA career, Chris, um, uh, but, but only stuck with 53, uh, and then one more name for you is Stanley Roberts, um, who had a pretty disappointing NBA career. Uh, he was an LSU legend um, uh, where, where he uh, played alongside Shaquille O'Neal for one year. Um, uh, if you can imagine that uh, front court in college, Stanley Roberts and, and Shaq next to each other. Um, and then he kind of had like a, a forgettable NBA career that was marred by uh, weight problems and injuries uh, and some uh, substance abuse stuff. Um, but he was yet another wire to wire 53 uh, playing for five different teams. So 53 is a number that players seem to really, really hold closely um, and, and really hang on to. Um, and I and I love that about uh, about it. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's just a real powerful number, like I said, and um and uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say about the number fifty-three. Well, it's a great <laughs> pick, man. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a rock-solid pick. Um, Thank you. Let me say, you have terrified me. Um, you have truly spooked me, and mm. 
you have once again altered my draft strategy. Oh boy, that's and, that's my favorite thing to do. Uh, in round four here, Ben, uh, I have the eighth overall selection, my fourth jersey number. Uh, I'm on the clock, and I I really thought for a second there this this was gone. So mm. with uh, with my fourth overall selection, Team CW is very proud to select the numbers. 76 and 77. So, yes, Ben, this is the same number. I know I said 76 and 77, but, Ben, spiritually, these are the same number. They fulfill the same function and purpose, which is to state your height. Yeah, I'll allow it. I will allow it. And naturally, Ben, only a handful of players have ever had the opportunity, the gift, to claim these heights, to claim yeah. these jersey numbers. So we will say their names, Ben. Yes. Sean Bradley was seven foot six inches and incredibly wore the number 76 for the Philadelphia 76ers. That's it's correct. Arguably the greatest marriage of tree size, of team name, and jersey number in the history of pro sports. Let's, let's reiterate he was seven feet six inches tall. Mm-hmm. And he happened to be drafted by a team called the, the 76ers. 76ers. And what a, jersey number did he wear? There's only one jersey number to wear, and that's the number 76. Ben, and I'm yeah. very proud to report that there is only one player in the history of the NBA who's ever worn right. the number 76, and that's yep. Sean Bradley. Exactly and one. I, I, I ask Commissioner Silver now to do the right thing. I... I challenge you, Commissioner Silver. Jackie Robinson, that number. that 76, retire it across the board. No one in the NBA should ever be allowed to wear the number 76 again. It should be retired across the board. Um, yeah, number. I would say the the only circumstance under which I'm uh, a a player could ever wear the number seventy six again, I'm listening, is it's, if he yeah. is also seven foot six and Absolutely. also drafted by the 76ers. Only that's the way. only the only only way. Only way. The only yeah. way. And that's Jordan's 23 coming out of the rafters after he unretires. You know what I mean? So if there is yeah, a 7'6", yeah, foot yeah. 76er in the near future, no problem. Mm-hmm. Sean Bradley comes to the arena. He brings the yep. jersey down from the rafters. He participates in the ceremony. He hands, he hands, he hands yeah. it off to the next 7'6 tree. Obviously. Um, until then, we need it retired. Uh, yep. And then in the 77 bucket, Ben, um, we have George Murison. Murison was seven foot, seven inches. He wore number 77 for the Washington mm-hmm. Bullets and the New Jersey mm-hmm. Nets. Now, yep. Ben, there are a few other stains. There are a few black marks on the 77 record. People claiming this as their jersey number without meeting the height requirements. Uh, well, I sort of prefer to believe that if you wear the number 77, Chris, that is how tall you are. Okay, so maybe I guess then I haven't, maybe I maybe I misunderstood the height of Andrea Bargnani. Maybe I misunderstood yeah. the height of Luka Doncic. Maybe I yeah. was incorrect when I saw the height of Irsan Ilyasova or Sasa Pavlovich or Vladimir mm-hmm. Rodmanovich. 
but Ben, we yeah, know- I know. There's been there's been a lot of confusion about player heights and uh, and and accurate measurements and and so forth. Uh, you know, well, in the, the commissioner news needs to look into it. Then, I, yeah, at the but very I'm least, pretty we, sure that we um, despite what you might Silver. might read in any of the you know team uh, materials. Uh, these players are all are seven actually foot seven. seven are actually seven foot seven inches. Well, yeah. Ben, this is a is a number we know seventy seven. Uh, it is reserved only for truly special men, a truly special breed of man, and that is the tree. That is the NBA tree. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I mean seventy six, seventy seven, um, two just gigantic numbers that belonged only for the you know the, the great trees of the NBA. Um, you know, Sean Bradley, George Murison. Very proud to select seventy six, seventy seven here in the uh, in the fourth round with uh, with my fourth round selection here, pick number eight overall. It's a great selection. Um, I mean, how can you argue with seventy six and seventy seven yeah. as uh, as as a fantastic single number? Thank you. Um, yeah, well, well played, brilliant, a stroke of 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 strategic uh, craft and and brilliance, well, really, on your part. There, they're the same number. They're accomplishing the same spiritually. They're accomplishing the same idea, which is <clears throat> stating your height. Right. Um, let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, George Mirasan came into the league after Sean Bradley by a year or two, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That's right. Do we consider him a joke stealer? Do you do you feel any sort of is there? Does he deserve any kind of grief, uh, condemnation, or 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 uh, you know? Any, no, like, I- I'm going to take the high road here, Ben, and say what he was doing was mm. much like what the 34 class did uh, honoring Charles Oakley. Paying tribute. Yeah, Murasan is paying tribute to his master, to his mentor, saying, Sean Bradley, like, you created this opportunity for me as a tree by mm-hmm, showing mm-hmm. me the way and wearing 76. I honor you in wearing the number 77, and I honor your legacy, everything that you've done for me. So yeah. I, I don't have any issue with Murasan's 77, no. Okay. Okay. Fair. I like that. Uh, I wonder if those guys were were friends. I wonder if they ever like hung out and talked. Yeah, I'd love to know. Yeah. Someone should ask them that. Um, wow. All right. So, is this the final round? This is the fifth round, Ben. This is the last and final round. You're on the clock here, and this is pick number nine overall. Uh, your final jersey number, and uh, make it count. Make it a good one, Ben. Okay. Wow. Well, honestly, I. Uh, <clears throat> I can't believe that, that this number fell to me. It's one of the great numbers in NBA history. Um, you're not going to believe some of the names that I'm going to that I'm about to tell you, Chris, that have worn this magical, uh, mystical number, um, and that is uh, the number 35. Wow! So stick with me here yep. uh, as I as I run down some of the some of the names of these all-time NBA legends that have worn the number 35. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Zaid Abdul Aziz, who wore uh, the number 35 for four different teams throughout the early to mid 70s. Um, a guy named uh, Richard Anderson was a 35 for uh, for four different teams uh, from 1982 to 1990. Um, we've got some more uh, contemporary 35s. Oh, uh, I'm talking about Dragon Bender. Oh, Bender, uh, one of the greats. One of the great Trevor Booker. Uh, Booker. Sure. Um, 
this is uh, kind of a throwback to the 90s. Do you remember Jason Caffey? Uh, he do. played for uh, yeah. a couple of years with the Chicago Bulls. He was a 35. Okay. Uh, James Donaldson uh, wore the number 35 for 14 games with our beloved New York Knicks during the uh, 91-92 season uh, after being traded to New York from Dallas. Um, there was a guy named uh, Laverne Tart, uh, nicknamed Jelly, uh, one of the great names. Uh, he wore 35. Uh, yes, Laverne Jelly Tart uh-huh. wore 35 for exactly six games with the Houston Mavericks of the ABA in uh, February of 1969. Um, some other famous 35s. We've got Larry Spriggs. Uh, yeah, Woody Salisbury. Barney Cable was a 35 with the Chicago Packers and the Chicago Zephyrs um, in 1962 and 63. Um, famous OTL bald Bob Weiss. Um, I, I, I believe he was an honorable mention in the, in the ball draft. I don't know if he actually made it into the top five. Uh, but he was a 35 uh, for his rookie season with the 76ers in 1965-66 before switching to the number 12. Um. Uh, how about uh, how about a Judd Butchler? Do you remember Judd Butchler? Oh, sure. Yeah, Judd with one D. He was a thirty-five with the New Jersey Nets and the uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, one of the best thirty-fives uh, that the Warriors, maybe the best thirty-five the Warriors have ever uh, rostered. Uh, and of course, I need to mention uh, Chris, the, the greatest thirty-five of all time. Uh, you you probably think that I've been. Um, you know, sort no, of hiding his, his name until the end we've here. We've been waiting for it, but go ahead. But and this say is it. one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a future Hall of Famer. I'm talking, of course, about Clarence Weatherspoon. Yeah, sure. Um, yep. We all we all called him Baby Barkley. Um, I would argue he might have been better than Charles Barkley, um, but he was a uh, he was a 35 with the uh, with the 76ers and uh, I think maybe a, f- a few other teams so wow those yeah, are 35 all the greatest 35s uh, yeah those are the greatest 35s we've ever had I don't know that we'll ever have another another one better than uh, Clarence Weatherspoon Ben number yeah. 35 incredible the ultimate 35 in NBA history well there you have it baby folks. Barkley that yep. is the that is the all-time greatest list of People who wore the number thirty-five, and uh, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm floored, totally floored. Yeah, yeah. Ben, with my, uh, with my last overall selection here in round five, this is pick number ten overall. Before we move on to some honorable mentions, um, this is kind of a dark horse here. Mm. Uh, this is not what you're going to be expecting, but Ooh. with my last overall selection, I am going to draft the number. Four. Hmm. I like four. So at number four, we have, uh, and and I should say this number is really only about one person. It's really mm. only about one person. But some notable mentions: we have uh, Chris Bosh with the Raptors. We of course have Alex Caruso. We have uh, Michael Finley, Antoine Jameson, Nate Robinson with the Knicks, Bud Webb. Mm. But for me, Ben, this pick is about one person and one person only. And specifically, a period of time in which this guy played, and that is the Fab Fives, Chris yeah. Weber from yep. the University of Michigan from 1991 to 1993. Yeah. And, um, young, young C. Webb. Man. So awesome. I hope there's a time for us to talk at greater length about the life and career of mm-hmm. Weber because, like, 
I think his broadcasting career has sort of made some people lose sight of like what this guy was as a college player. I know and, it sucks, man. And, I really wish he had just retired. And, I, I mean, you know, whatever. No, no offense to him, he's no. doing his thing, and 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 he's happy you know, for him. He seems happy. He seems cool. very happy. You know, I wish yeah. him the best, but I really wish that we only knew Chris Webber as an NBA player yeah. or you know basketball player. Or frankly, I might even go a little bit further. I kind of wish we only knew him as like as a college player. As a college player. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like. I I'd be, fine, I'd be fine with that. Of course, Weber had like this incredible run in the pros. Like he was a five-time All-Star, rookie, NBA Rookie of the Year, five-time. You know, he made five All NBA teams. He had that mm-hmm. incredible run with the Kings. They actually did retire. The Kings retired his number four. All that stuff is great. But when I think mm. of Chris Weber, he was at the height of his powers, in my opinion, during his, his college years. And seeing him shine in that number four jersey with that freshly bicked bald Ben, like. Yeah. It was really special and like what what struck me about Weber's number 4 I think is the innovation of the guy. Like he was a hybrid big man. He was he was a 6 foot 10 power forward and in today's game he would be playing the 5, but back in the 90s kids like he was a 4. He was a 4 man, but he yeah. he played the game with like the skill of of a, of a jazz musician, like he had these <laughs> incredible hands, the passing, the ferocious dunking. Ben, it, the dunking really for me is kind of reminiscent of Kemp. The way like Weber would yeah. get in the air and finish with like power and anger at the rim. Yeah, and his 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 combination of of quickness and power yeah. was very very Kemp like. His ability to like accelerate like Kemp like in the way that he would snatch a rebound and then take it full court. Like he would snatch yeah. a rebound on the defensive end he could go one man fast break yeah one man fast break just run up the court by himself this like six foot tent guy when we were kids i just emailed this to you there was this basketball card company called classic and Mm. they produced these uh cards and uh on their card the border of the cardboard basketball card band was an exact replica of a hardwood basketball court. The hardwood. Wow, and I've never seen these cards. These are beautiful. They made this Chris Webber card that I had as a kid. Oh, uh, you had this? Yeah, man. Like, when you see that basketball card, you you can understand why the number four and Chris Webber are sort of, like, emblazoned in my heart and my mind. Like, Webber is pictured in this card cocking the ball back over his head, tongue extended, bald glistening, uh like a split second before he's about to like throw down an earth shattering jam and like rip the rim off the backboard. And, you know, Weber's four is on full display in this basketball card. I mean, the way that that gold four yep. pops off the dark blue of that Michigan Jersey yeah. is, is just like your eyes, your eyes are, are almost more drawn to the four than you are to Weber's uh, yeah. face, which is itself like it tells totally such a you know, story. The tongue, magnetic the balls, yeah, the whole yeah. thing, the balls. But the four is really what you see. It, but it was significant for me, man. Like that basketball card, that number four, that four Michigan jersey. It was significant for me. It made an impression. Mm. That four will always belong to Chris Weber and the Fab Five for me. So um, with my final selection here in the fifth round, I am taking another single digit number four and uh that ben has been the the numbers draft that flew by Um, incredible we should uh you want to rattle off a couple of honorable mentions here 
Yeah, sure. Um, I lo- love that four pick. Love love how Thanks, personal man. it was. Uh, really, uh, really tremendous stuff. Um, uh, one more note about four. Mm. One of my uh, f- like funniest memories uh, uh, as like a, a '90s basketball fan. Do you remember when Sean Kemp, of course, was number forty? Yeah. Um, you know, with the Sonics. But then when he got traded to the to, Cavs, the, uh, right? to the Cavs. Yeah. And I swear, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm, like, making this up, but I, I'm pretty sure that I remember reading in, like, probably a Sports Illustrated article. Oh, dude, I think you're right. Yeah, go ahead. That he dropped, he dropped the, the zero. zero because he claimed that it was weighing him down. Yep. <laughs> which yeah. was particularly humorous because, of course, by the time Given the, the camp got to the calves, yeah. he had put on a not insignificant amount of actual weight. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that the, the dropping of the zero. Poor choice uh, re- of words, yeah. Yeah, really, yeah. It really helped him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he... He was another uh, number four, um, but yeah, by then it was kind of like not not really quite as cool as yeah. as it was in those earlier Weber days. But wow, yeah. Um, gosh, let's see some other honorable mentions on my list. Um, I came pretty close to uh, to dropping an eleven. Um, oh yeah, love that. Honestly, it's more aesthetic really than than it is. Um, I agree. There, there have been a couple of great players, uh, first and foremost amongst them are Vita Sabonis. Um, but, uh, but, but really, I, I just love the way... I, f- I wish there were more cool players who, who wore 11, because yeah. it's such a cool number. I w- um, of, of, of course, I could uh, have picked it simply because it was worn by... The 1994 New York Knicks starting point guard, Derek Harper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, lo- love that 11. This is a Knicks numbers draft. Um, yeah, a number that I really was looking for a way to select, but I just couldn't justify it getting on my board was 99. Um, mm. But if there are any college players out there, any draft prospects, you know, consider 99. Like, it's a very cool number. I, I love what Jay Crowder is doing for 99. Um, yeah. I think there's a so, lot of like 99 awareness right now, which is very exciting for me. When um, I looked up 99, I was really amazed and shocked that it's only been worn by six players, I know, I know. six in NBA history. And right and you, I mean, it's, it's George Mikan, it's Jay Crowder, and, yeah. uh, you know, Roy Rogers, Darko Milicic. Couple Darko others. Milicic for, for exactly one game. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, is that all it was? Yeah, he wore it uh, in, for the Boston Celtics in the 2012-13 season for one game in which he played five minutes. But Jesus. he was number 99 And, now, and he claims minutes. he's a 99, yeah. But yeah, no, he did have he's 99. A 99 for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was a 99. But yeah, I know, it's crazy. It's, you think, like, it's 90, it's a great one. It's, it's, it's George Mikan, it's, it's a great it's opportunity. It's a great opportunity yeah. if anyone out there is listening. Consider 99. You can do a lot with 99. Yeah. Um, any, any others you want to note as an honorable mention here? Um, let's see. Running down my list here. Uh, I love the number one. Again, mm-hmm. that's another like, you know, point guard, um, uh, uh, iconic point guard number. Of course, the Muggsy Bogues, uh, Baron Davis, Penny Hardaway, which really, when your, name, when your nickname is Penny, um, yeah. which I... I I guess Penny was, uh, did he wear one because of his nickname or did he get the nickname because he wore one? I'm actually not sure about that. It's a little unclear. Yeah, Yeah. I think it is. But I just love, I I love how those, um, you know, the the confluence of the nickname and the number. We should probably have a discussion about the number 50. Um, Yeah, sure. You know, the number 50 for me, you you have a lot of, you know, obviously the David Robinsons of the world. But for me, Mm -hmm. I think about guys like Greg Anthony, Think about mm-hmm. Tyler Hansborough, Psycho T. <laughs> backup, backup New York Knicks point guard on the 1993-94 team, number 50. I uh, got it. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention in your in your four selection, Chris. Yeah. You know who's another four? 
Anthony Bonner. Oh, Anthony. Come Bonner. on now. How, how did we forget? How did we forget? Overlook him. Backup power forward, Anthony Excuse Bonner. Me. But w- yeah. while we're on the fifties, I mean, Eddie House, a per- a personal favorite for the two of us. Mm. Team Canada's mm-hmm. very own Todd Bacullah. Um, we have Corey Maggette. We have Emeka Okafor, Zach Randolph, Big Country Reeves, Big Bryant Country, Rod- Bryant Reeves, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. We have Robert Sacra. We have Ralph Sampson. So yeah, I love Ralph Sampson. You know, fifty fifty represents a lot of things to me, but it, it was mostly just about letting the world know you're big, you're tall. Um, it, there's a lot of thankless effort there with the number 50. So you're, you're going to be doing a lot of rebounding, a lot of blocking shots, getting blocks, banging, bruising. Um, you know, I can't really think of a number 50 Jersey without like corresponding knee pads and elbow pads and, mm-hmm. and, and frankly, high tops and high and, and, and flat tops. You know, I do mm-hmm. think when I think of the number 50, I think of like a tall center who wants to extend his arms and block a shot. Um, yeah. and you know, I think Robinson, David Robinson is the, is the banner, is the banner, uh, carrier in the, in that regard. Um, you know, nothing sexy about the number 50. Uh, you know, if you, if you're 50, you're a tall tree, you know, you're, you're an old Oak in the forest, your branches extend far and wide, you block out the sun. Um, but yeah, the number 50, uh, certainly was on my board for consideration. Any, anything else for you, Ben? Um, you know, I think I need to bring up the number six, um, which I have a, a very, very complicated history with. Yeah, same. Um, Go ahead. I, so when I was growing up, um, anytime I, uh, I was playing a, a, uh, an NBA Live basketball game uh, for either Super Nintendo or PlayStation, and I would create myself uh, and put myself on the New York Knicks, I always had number six. Um, I thought it was the, the coolest number uh, back then because it was three plus three. Um, it was also uh, Julius Irving's number mm. uh, when he came into the NBA with the 76ers. Um, and it really wasn't worn by that many other guys uh, uh, in the 90s. It was uh, it was like sort of a slept on uh, kind of forgotten number. Yeah. And I was like, six is so cool. Uh, if I you know ever played in the NBA, it's totally the number that I would pick. Um, and then LeBron James yep. uh, went to the Miami Heat. And he took number six away from me and made it extremely uncool. Um, And yeah, and I'm really sad about that. Um, And then to add insult to injury, of course, the other number six uh, that we all uh, wish we could forget about, um, but we have to mention is uh, is former New York Nick Chris Depp's Porzingis. Um, When I, man, like, uh, yeah, that's, it's so silly, but it really... One of the <laughs> one of the reasons why I could never just quite get behind Chris Stapps as a Knicks fan was because he took six and he wasn't yeah. a six. He didn't look like a six. He shouldn't have worn six. It didn't make any sense on him. It just looked off and weird and wrong. Yep. And I was like, why are you wearing number six? Like, what does it mean to you? I'm sure he has, you know, some sort of personal justification for it. Uh, whatever. It's probably bullshit. Um, he never should have uh, gotten that number. And... Um, I um I blame him for that and uh so yeah six is um it's complicated I still you know a part of me still loves it um because of Dr J and uh and all my childhood fantasies but it's uh, never never quite going to be the same for me Ben I think we should call it quits here uh this fair is, enough this has been a lot of fun I'm glad we did the numbers draft uh I'm excited to get back into more NBA action with you thank you for hopping on the line here. 
And of course. Uh, we will talk to you next week with uh, more news and notes on, on the state of the NBA. That's right. Can't wait to get back into it. A pleasure as always, my friend. All right, thanks, man. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed the number draft. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show at Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great couple of days here. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy watching NBA basketball. And I will talk to you guys next week.